Good morning. You're at another provocative session of Morning Black at 103.1 on your FM dial. I'm your co-host, Greg Jones, and I have with me Dr. Prince Martin. And we've got a couple of guests. We're going to let them identify themselves and, and present themselves, and we're going to go right into our topic. So before we start on the topic itself, I want our guests to, to chime in and give us your name and who you are, maybe what you're majoring in, and uh, basically why are you concerned? Okay, so my name is Nick Davis. I'm a, um, a junior at Valparaiso University, and my major is digital media. Um, and I'm very involved on campus. I'm on four different e-boards, including the Black Student Organization. Um, I'm planning every day uh, in ways to like help you know people of color on campus, um, ways to educate non-people of color on campus, and to like make a difference as a whole. All right, and who is that? Um, I've seen you name, before. <laughs> I, I know I'm back. Uh, my name is David Sanders. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I'm a social work major, and uh, I'm a social advocate for my community back home and also um, in the Valparaiso community. Um, I'm on two different e-boards, and I am associated with six now organizations on campus. Um, so I'm very active and just trying to spill knowledge on like you said, non-colored people, and also helping our people out here in Valpo. All right. Well, what we're going to deal with today is a, a topic that is uh, in the media, all over the media today. You know, it seems like uh, African-American men are being shot and killed. We have one happening in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where there's been some rioting going on for the last several days. I think that brother's name was uh, Blake. Is it Jacob Blake. Jacob, Jacob Blake. Jacob. Yeah. And, and then there's another young man who was shot the same day. Uh, in Lafayette, Louisiana. His name is mm -hmm. Paralyn Traylon. So uh, we're concerned about this. This has been going on for a while. And my question is, is what is the social and mental uh, health of African-American males who are seeing people like themselves being brutalized and murdered across the country? And the questions of, you know, how and, you know, how will it end? When will it end? And what's the cost and what should we be doing about it? So I'm going to ask each of you all to chime in on that, and then we'll take the conversation from there. Again, so I'm, I'm a, Byron, I'm going to give you, you know, uh, first hit it, hit on this. Sure. What's going yeah. on, man? I mean, you know, I'm, damn, I mean, I woke up and I'm, I'm saying like, okay, they shot one brother seven times, paralyzed him in the back. And then right. at the same day, I see another brother in Louisiana being shot and killed, right. you know, Plus, no, we got definitely. we got weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of this stuff going on. What do you think is happening here? Well, I mean, first of all, let's I mean, let's just be very clear. We are talking about the state. That means the government killing black men. Right. Like, so it's not like it's not like we're talking about uh, somebody's next door neighbor. It's not like we're talking about uh, somebody in an apartment complex next to them. This is the government that has given these individuals not only the guns, the bullets, the badge but also the right to kill somebody, right? And so that's different than just your average day, I don't want to say average murder because murder is not average, but your, 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 the other conversation. So before folks start running to, yeah, what about black on black crime? It doesn't exist, it's just crime. But the difference is the state is doing this. And I think, uh, I mean, just to be honest, I'm so, I'm so damn sick of it. Like it's, it's to the point where you end up uh, having different visions as you're seeing these things, right? Like, man, 
what would it look like to be on the scene? What if we were, you know, 20 deep toting, ready to, to, to challenge the, the, the local constabulary and the powers that be? Like, what it, it starts to make your mind wonder, like, what do we need to do just to be able to live uh, and, safely, right? And we're like, not even dealing with the little white boy running down with the AR-15. Like, two, I, I two mean, or three people in Kenosha. That's you know? what I'm saying. Like, so I, I think even when you think about it, like mentally, like if, if it takes you to a place where you have to begin to think deeply and critically not to want to um, go down an alternative path, right? Like violence begets violence. And we didn't bring violence to the table. It was brought to the table on us. And now uh, the expectation is for us not to respond violently. And so it's, 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 it's past frustrating. It's past infuriating. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, and I can't begin to think what the young brothers are thinking, but I'm thinking like, we can't keep doing the same thing and think we're going to get a different result based off of what uh, we're seeing. And so it's is it affecting your mental health? 100%. 100%. It's, it's affected my. I think it's affected my mental health in, um, in terms of temperament. Okay. I I, just, I, I, I don't I don't feel like dealing with, uh, with uh, people as much in the same way because I'm like, mm, I I gotta be careful. I gotta be mindful um, of of what I'm getting into. Like I don't I don't feel the need to be in uh, spaces with uh, large connectivity to police and policing i and and i i feel like i've done my time in those spaces in some ways and so that that's affecting me because it's like i i don't know if what we're doing is working to produce change okay what you say nick um in my opinion is very hope depriving right it's very it's it's um it's a matter of our security right so we got to ask ourselves who can we depend on, right? You know, we, you can barely depend on anyone. If the government's not on our side, then who's on our side, right? You know, they're so higher up and so powerful, right? But we have no say in what they do and we can't control what they do. And, you know, it's very difficult for us to defend ourselves. You know, um, I feel like everything's going on is it's in the back of my mind every day. Like, you know, how I'm supposed to go through classes and I'm supposed to be a designer, a graphic designer, and run my business knowing that people out there are dying, knowing that I can be the next one, right? Mm -hmm. You know, every time I leave, you know, whether I'm at home or at school, every time I leave, I got to think about this, right? At nighttime, I walk at nighttime, right? And it's very dangerous. In the back of my head, I'm like, what can happen to me, right? You know, and, and who knows who else is thinking like this, right? You know, my, my friend, he said... Um, as soon as he woke up, he looked at his phone. He seen the new, the new murders, right? And and he was very furious. It ruined his whole day, right? And so that's the kind of things that we have to think about um, at at this day and time. And it's it's very, it's very unfortunate to to say the least, right? It's it's very unfortunate that we have to think about this stuff on top of other things, right? Is it affecting your mental health? How is it affecting your mental health? Of course, it's distracting. It's distracting. It's is it's kind of intimidating. Um, you know, I try to be strong and not let fear creep up, but I also have to be, you know, wary of what's going on, right? Checking my surroundings at all times, checking the people that's around me, analyzing people, right? 
You know, no. I have to worry about all those things, which is, do I have to? You know, should I have to? LeBron James, one of the, the most stellar athletes in the world, playing in the NBA, said, said he feels that black, young black men are terrified. You know, people are terrified at dealing with this issue because it happens so often and it happens so randomly. I'm going to get Dave in here. Dave, yeah, I'm what's your right. comments on that? Um, it's really mentally and spiritually draining. Um, and I'm going to put it in retrospect of, of my personal life. I, when I look at stuff like this, I think of my nephew, my nieces, um, my little brothers, all the, all the youth in, in, in these cities and all these African-American youth and stuff like that. And I really think, how do they feel, you know, when they have to go outside and the people that are supposed to protect and serve you, you're, you're, you're scared of them, you know? And, and it's just mentally draining, especially when I'm in Valpo and stuff like that, because on campus, I feel like I'm watching it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not there in action with them. I'm not talking with them, you know, and stuff like that. So it's just mentally draining for me. Okay. 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 I, I, I'd have to admit, I, I find myself really short, short fused. I'm on a, you know, I have to deal with my anger more, you know, like it's like, I'm real edgy now. I mean, you know, when, I, when I'm dealing with folks, I'm, I, was, I was edgy anyway, but I'm super edgy now. So, you know, like people, I'm, short, I'm super short with folks now just because, I, you know, I just don't need to give that extra energy trying to, to deal with that. And, you know, um, I'm asking myself, is this going to ever stop? Mm. Is, is, is this it? I mean, you know, is there something else that's... I mean, is this is this the story? You know, at least you know, at my age, I'm saying, damn. I mean, I've been seeing this when I was younger than you all. I'm talking about the youngest one of y'all there. I mean, I've been seeing this. I was seeing this in the 19 early nine late 1950s, early 60s. I was the little kid running around seeing people getting shot by the state. You know, in the 60s, whole bunch of people got shot. 70s, whole bunch of people got shot again. And it just it's it's been going on my entire life. And I'm saying is so so I'm asking the question, okay, God, so one of the things that black men are here for is to die at the hands of the state? Is that is that the option? You know, and so I, I find myself very, very um edgy on the subject. You know, there's certain things that I can't allow myself to do any longer because if I go in those environments and the conversation comes up. I know where I'm going, you know, on it. And I don't want to do that. So I just say, okay, well, let me just pass on that. You know, and I hear you, Byron. You know, there's just some some conversations I just can't be about being in right now because of the nature of it and how prevalent it is. So what is it? I mean, Byron offers up a solution. You know, he says, well, maybe we need to, I'm, and I'm, me and Byron had this conversation before. There was a time in the 60s where, we rode four deep and somebody always carried, right. you know, and, and it was like, okay, so if we get stopped and it go like that, at least we'll be able you know, in some respect to be able to defend ourselves, but we're not going to catch ourselves. We're not going to put ourselves at jeopardy any longer. We're going to organize ourselves in a way in which if it confronts us, we're going to confront it together as, you know, as the community. Right. And I'm not sure that's the, the right answer for it, but I am, searching for ways in which we can 
confront this issue and make some effective change not not just symbolic change i you know i'm tired of hearing white people saying oh i'm so sorry and i'm tired of white people talking about you know it ought not be like that and you know we ought to all love one another damn that man people still getting shot you know so you know what should we do folks and i'm hearing some feedback on some folk but maybe we'll we'll clear that up in a bit yeah I mean, I think that's the question. Like, like, what, what, what should we do, right? And I'm, and here's why, here's why I'm really frustrated, right? Because you can't tell me the answer is to do the same thing we've been doing, right? Right? Like that for me is is I think is what's even more frustrating. You know, that for me is what drives me up the wall even more. Um, you know, like don't 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 hit me with the slick, you know. I, I definitely don't want to hear the hallelujah by and by, you know, I don't, I don't want to hear that. Right. And I think that's where like my frustration is seeded from is from this space of um, where people keep saying things like, well, just keep, you know, just keep trying and, 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 you know, we'll, we'll keep doing this and, and, and asking those questions, but nobody seems to be saying anything to these police officers. Right. Like this is like, the one thing that like drives me up a wall as as a gun owner, and I'll put that out there. I am a gun owner. Um, but the thing that drives me up a wall is these these coward police officers that fire into a car where there are children. Right. Like, are you kidding me? Like, how scared are you? How scared do you think you have to be to fire into a car where there's some kids? Where there are, where there are other like civilians and, and kids like you think that's like like you're too scared to be a cop like you don't need you don't need that job you don't need a gun you're too scary to have one if you're gonna fire into a car where there's kids like that drives me up a wall let me hear from my young brothers because you know i want to get a perspective of what you all think needs to would be effective change you know what i, I mean I, I don't have many days left, many years left. So I want to know how effectively can I apply the time, the healthy time that I have to addressing this concern. I mean, you know, what can I be doing? What could I be saying? Where should I be? What should I be about the business of doing to address this concern? Nick? Right. At the, um, at the very least, we should, you know, find ways to defend ourselves, right? Um, you know, whether that's a carrying license or, you know, learning different types of martial arts or self-defense classes or, you know, anything like that, right? Um, that brings me back to um, the Nation of Islam back when, you know, Malcolm X was alive, right? They were seen as like violent, right? But they really weren't violent. They was just being trained to defend themselves in, in case of violent situations with police officers and other people, right? You know, and that's actually happening right now. Um, you know, my cousin is part of the nation and, you know, uh, she has her second black belt right now. Right. And, and, um, and that household has firearms. Right. Um, you know, I'm going to say my household has firearms legally. Right. And, um, I feel like that's the most necessary step at this point in time right now. There, sh there, there should be, um, you know, other plans that don't involve like violence or fighting or defense. Right. But, um, right now it's so prevalent and so like you know in your face that you need to find ways to 
you know, um, stay safe every day. What do you say about that, Dave? Um, I'm with it. I, I feel like any 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 solution um, that, that somebody says is a good solution, I feel like at this point we just need to be trying stuff. Um, obviously, the police are, um, you can say, out to get us or whatever, but I just feel like now is the point where we need to use our voices more than anything. Um, at the very least, our voices is, is, is our weapon. Um, especially nowadays with how big social media is is and how seriously social media is taken um, within the news, if that's social media as an Instagram, Facebook, anything, our voices um, need to be heard. Um, I just feel like we just need to play our part and we need to we need to come together as a unit as African-American people in America and realize our and realize our self-worth, know our worth. And um, understand um, that it is certain situations that we just have to become together and become a unit so we can take this over. Hmm. So what do you say to the brothers and sisters who who, you know, decline the armed resistance kind of thing? You know, to say, well, you know, guns ain't going to work for me. But what will work for me is separate myself, you know, from those institutions that support that kind of, you know, behavior. Uh, being involved in educating my my own, making sure that there are resources available so that the people that want to separate themselves can maintain their lives in a way in which you know they still can live a quality of life. And, and those brothers who and sisters who are armed and need to be armed can still do that. But we want to be about nurturing and educating our our community on how to act and work and be together. Example that would be something that we saw happen today. I don't know if you all were watching the news or looking at, you know, the kind of events that was taking place. There's a march on Washington mm -hmm. today, you know, and, you know, there are some old heads there, you know, saying the same old thing in terms of nonviolence. But there were some young people there, too, who were saying, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to take more than just of us packing, being able to say I'm strapped. And if and you're gonna bring it that way, I'm gonna come back that way. That might be something. That might be an option that you need to have. But really, what I need to say is, I'm not involved any longer in the institutions and social constructs that support that kind of perspective right. in terms of killing young men and young women. Doing that any longer. And if that means that we got to start our own school, so be it. If that means that we got to step away and start doing something else with this life besides allowing you to wait for you to take it, then so be it. I'd rather be creative and poor than caught up in an institution that is basically can take my life at any time it wants to, you know, just just for a few pennies. Maybe it's time for black people to step away. Right. You know, now I don't necessarily agree with that wholeheartedly, but I do say we need we need all the options on the floor including, you know, those who, people who need to license to carry, you know, whatever, whatever it takes. But we need to we need to look at all those options and deal with them critically. What do you all say to that? Well, I feel that um, um, money is one of the biggest driving forces for people. Right. Especially for these big companies out here. Right. It drives their actions. It drives their ideals. Right. So I, I feel like stepping back from uh purchasing 
one, purchasing items from these big companies, it will hurt their pockets. It will start making them, you know, react differently, right? To act differently um, in their lives, right? Um, somebody asked me, you know, why do people loot, right? Why is everybody looting, right? And I said, some people are abusing the looting, right? But then it, I, cannot, I can understand why they're doing it. Um, a lot of these companies are not helping in the movement, right? And all they're doing is just taking money from, from people, right? Especially people of color, right? Um, so when people loot, they're taking it back, right? All their hard work and all their money, they're taking it back. Since you didn't want to help me, you know, I'm going to take what I, and I have to support you back, right? And so I feel like it, it is um, important to step away right now because there's really not much change happening, in my opinion. So you hit the pockets, you might hit their, you know, their brains, right? Even if you look at the 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 economic status, um, and go back to what you were saying with looting and stuff like that, it's also another perspective that they don't have these resources to obtain these these items from these big corporations. So this is their one time to do it, you know. Mm. And when you're not given the resources or the the economic status to do so, and you have the 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 right moment and the right time to do it you know their their thing is why not you know and an another thing is um money it is money driven i feel like when i say when you say stepping back that's when we learn our self-worth and we know how much we're worth and it will be and we'll be shown if we step back because we are the, one of the biggest consumers with all the the mainstream products you can say gucci um starbucks you can say all these all these big time corporations we are big time consumers and they're losing a lot of money like nick was like nick said nba the brothers are showing that at the nba they, NBA. they, they say watch this right and walk we, off the court right we are big time consumers so that's when i feel like in that situation we will see ourselves worth then and see how much we are mm -hmm. worth to america and they will understand right what do you say about that byron no, I I, th I think stepping away is important, right? Um, but also, I think stepping into is important. You got stepping into relationships with one another, right? Black people got to get back to building our own stuff. I I'm not a I'm not a separatist, but I am a, an informed uh, individual, right? Like I think one of the, the the greatest ways that you protect your community is by being in your community. And not just physically in your community, but also where, as the brother was saying, where you spend your money, right? Um, I think that's that's an important piece. I think it's important to think about um, what you're learning about your community and who you're learning it from. Um, how how can somebody else teach you about yourself uh, things that you don't know? You need to know about who you are, and I think that's a huge piece that we have to get back to doing. Um, other than that, I, I also agree. I think I think there's nothing functionally wrong, and I think it's actually very healthy to be armed for your protection. Um, I think that's the, the, the name of the game, to be armed for, for your protection. Because as, as sometimes as protective as it is, it can serve in some ways as deterrent. But the other thing that I think um, it does is 
it gives you an option for staying alive. Right. And I think all, like you said, all options have to be on the table for staying alive. Right. right. All options have to be on the table. So, you know, some people are saying, you know, um, you know, I, I, I don't fault, you know, brothers that choose another way to stay alive. Some of them choose a way of, uh, of going along to get along. That's their survival technique. I don't, I don't, I don't fault them for choosing they, the way they know how to stay alive. I don't fault, you know, some brothers who, um, you know, might, uh, think that they need to be in relationship with a, a, a dictator, with the power that, 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 is in order to stay alive. I get what you're doing. You you found your survival technique and that's what's working for you. My question is, and the question that I think we all have to answer is, is my version of staying alive only allowing me to stay alive versus allowing we to stay alive? You know, the me versus the we then becomes the question. And I think that's the that's the only thing that has held me back from wanting to go full, uh, full tactical response in this situation is what would that do to the collective community? Would that put others at danger that aren't uh, equipped or that haven't been uh, trained in how to use um, a weapon or understanding the uh, martial arts? Right? Like, are we would could that progress us in such a way that it puts more of us at danger. That's the only reason I, I think that has kept me from wanting to go uh, full-fledged that direction. Given the context of what we're dealing with today, is more guns helpful? I was just about to say, um, don't you, if you look at it from their perspective, wouldn't that give them an even more reason to, to, to feel threatened? Mm-hmm. At the same time, they might, if they see it, my bad, at the same time, if they see it, they might right. think twice about engagement, right. Right? right? So it's a, it's a, you know, it's a double-edged short, case by right. case, right? right. Um, I wouldn't know what the answer for that would be. Go ahead, bro. Because the narrative is always, you know, we feel threatened or he was going to reach for this or he had this or, mm -hmm. or it's, it's always that narrative. So now if we're all packing, the narrative would still be the same, but it'd be more of a, you you know what I'm trying to say? I, I, I can appreciate you packing, but shit, it don't mean nothing if, if you packing and not organized. Right. You can pack right. all day long because, because you, we don't have, if we could organize ourselves to educate ourselves, to redirect the wealth that we have to provide for the common defense, I get that. But I don't get, you know, just everybody going out getting a nine, uh, a Beretta nine thousand, right? Because, because if we don't organize ourselves, we're still gonna be outgunned. And and that's and that's my that's my entire point, right? Like, that's why I I can honestly say, like, not going full tactical has been. That's why that's what's kept me from that because we aren't prepared. We aren't prepared to go to right? do that, right? Yeah, we yeah. Now, just because just because I am and I know people that are, just because me and my 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 blood brother, you know, are we've we've been prepared in a different way, right? And so I think part of that is having to build that preparation into a communal understanding of how we protect one another, right? Part 
another side of that for for me that I think is is vastly important is, and this is not putting blame on anybody. We have to be very clear, and any ally of ours has to be very clear. When you call the police to any situation, you need to be willing and ready to answer the question, is a gun needed to solve this problem? Because that's what you're inviting into that space. That's what you're inviting into that space. If you if you, if you can't answer that, if you can't answer, yes, a gun is needed to solve this problem, right, then you probably need to call somebody else right. or you just need to remove yourself from the situation. But if every time you call a cop to something, you're calling a gun to that situation. And for black men, anytime that gun is introduced inside of the hand of a police officer, there's a danger there. And we have to be honest with that. And so part of what I think we have to do is also retrain our mentality. Um to say no is is a cop needed see but is that police officer needed i refer back to a brother nick i mean you know one of the things that the nation of islam does you know is police their communities make sure you know you have you have a brotherhood you know you have a fruit of islam you have you know you have people who organize to you know and, and train to be able to negotiate domestics you know in a way in which you don't have to invite in that gun to the conversation, so to speak. So there are, in other words, we're not flying blind there. There are no, organizations, there are, there are models out there where people say, well, no, we don't have to call the police in here. We got this on our block. We got this. If there's something going wrong on our block, we, we can, we know what we need to do to do it. I wish Zebediah was here because he, he would talk to you about the five star and, and, and the four corner and, and tell you there are ways in which you can, uh, organize yourself to be able to address that. Uh, my again, my concern is is though, uh, how do we, as we go through the process of of vet, vetting and venting about this and and thinking about options to do it, how do we keep at arm's distance those individuals who claim they want to help, but at the same time can offer no insight into the kinds of dynamics that are taking place in our communities. That only we uniquely know how to analyze and to address. How do we, you know, what's what's the process here that that allows people to uh, uh, give us the space we need to have in order to do what we need to do in order to make ourselves safe? And even in the midst of talking about things like this, are we still dealing with the issue of mental health? You know, are, are, in other words, are we dealing with the trauma of the event? while we trying to make things right this is morning black yeah i think the question you just asked and then i'll, I'll let the brothers hit on it but i think the question you asked is summed up in one thing right you you asked a question are we dealing with the trauma while trying to find the resolution at the same time and my answer to that is isn't that what you have to do when you're at war yeah and in any conflict not just war in, it, yeah, but I'm saying in I'm I'm using intentionally the the definition of war. War, okay, right? All right. Because like I think I think it's, it was a Greek saying that it's in war uh, that uh, in times I was it say in times of peace sons bury their fathers. In times of war, fathers bury their sons. Right, and so just even in the last couple of days, just hearing. Um, 
J Jacob Blake's father talk about him having to piece together his son's words, right? And having to watch the video of his son getting shot seven times in the back, right? It makes me start to think, no, you, we, we're at war and we've been at war, right? Because look exactly what we're doing. Look what we're dealing with. We're dealing with that level, high level of trauma. We're dealing with the consistency of having to find resolution to execute on mission while watching loved ones and, and people that reflect your identity perish in the streets around you, right? And you, you're having to do that while trying to maintain some type of sensibility so you can get out of the thing. I, I don't know a, a, a clear, clearer, cleaner definition of what we're dealing with. Okay. You all agree with that? I mean, yeah, even even the retrospect of what I'm dealing with now, me going to school, um, I wake up every day and, and, I, and it seems to be a societal norm that it's another black man getting shot by the police. Um, and and just going to class and stuff and not hearing um, nobody talk about it, um, going in the lunchroom, going everywhere, not hearing nobody talk about it is very frustrating. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to deal with it, but at the same time, I'm trying to manage my schoolwork. And then on top of that, I still have organizations to go to. It's just it's just a lot. And mm -hmm. and to still have to think when I go outside, I still have to worry about the police, no matter where I'm at, just because mm -hmm. of the color of my skin. No matter if I'm in Valpo, Chicago, New York, LA, wherever I'm at, I always have that's always gonna be in my mind when I step foot outside of my door. Even when I'm in here, I still feel the tension and the suffering of walking outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, it's a matter of um, worrying about my loved ones and closest friends. It's not even about me all the time, right? I already said I felt, mm -hmm. you know, uncomfortable sometimes walking at night or um, being around people. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about my people dying, but they thinking about you know happy days, right? Um, but uh, for me, I worry about my my father every day. My my little brother, um, my more distant siblings, my uncle, you know, everybody in the family, right? And and my father, he goes to to Chicago like every weekend, right? And I I don't know what he what he always doing, right? I don't know what you know where he's at all the time, you know, anything could happen, right? Um, even my brother, like you know, going to the corner store, going to Dollar General, you know. Um, that can be very dangerous, right? So it's just a matter of just just worrying about everybody else, you know, on top of my own problems and my own life and things like that. It's very stress, troublesome, yeah. stress, right? Stress, yeah. stresses, stresses. Which, mm -hmm. which, because of the disparity, because of the brutality, because of the the healthcare, education, political, you know, um, social cultural disparities mm. the stresses are loaded upon us so not only right. do we have a pandemic not only do we have you know the kind of natural well not 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 so natural but things happening to us anyway now mm. we got that we we're adding stress upon all of that and just dealing with that situation and just navigating to your car to the store mm. back to you know doing what you have to do just to get through your day right you know let me let me share a story about that i'm sorry sure go um, ahead Going back to my my younger brother, right? 
Um, it's it worries me that he's so close to these issues, right? Like I said before, he can something happen to him anytime, right? Um, he told me a story about um some one of his friends, one of the people he talked to or whatever, right? And he said, yeah, he got shot, you know, not too long ago. He died or whatever. And I'm like, and I was so shocked to hear that from my from my brother, right? Because like I said, it could have been him, you know. But I was so shocked to hear it from him like that, and that he said in such a a, a blunt tone, right? Right, right? I didn't know what to say, you know. I was lost for words. I said, okay, right? You know. So that was that's another thing that's like is, that is so close to us, that is so prevalent, that is so like it can happen. Anytime, you know, yeah. and then it affects us mentally, right? For me, it's um I also have a little of the same story. It's my nephew. And mm -hmm. my nephew is getting to the age where you have to as a kid, you know, you all you think about is playing. Play, play, play. And he is getting to the age where I have to sit down and talk to him about these issues. You know, tell him when you walk outside, you have to be mindful of the color of your skin means something. It it means a lot. It means very much. Your life is in danger every time. And it and it scares me because he doesn't – it's hard for him to grasp it because he's so young, you know, and, and he doesn't get the severity of this, you know. And for me to have to even tell him that mm. is what crushes me the most, you know, because I have to sit there and tell my 8-year-old nephew, like, hey, um, you can't do this or you can't do that. When police pull you over, you know what I'm saying, keep your hands where they can see you, you know. Make sure you don't talk. It's just certain stuff, and it's like, and and I see the innocence in him, and I wish I can keep that innocence in him. But I know when you walk around these, when you walk in these streets, it's so ruthless and cruel. They'll take your innocence right away. What can we do now, together as black men, to address our mental health on this issue? What what should we be doing? One of the things I heard you say, Dave, is that. You know, you didn't hear anybody. I mean, in my class, I, you know, I told my class I was grieving. So, I, you know, I had to, you know, <laughs> I had to take 10 to 15 minutes to say, look, this is what I'm going through. I'm letting y'all right. know, right. you know, you know, I'm, this brother, you know, Jacob Blake, you know, this brother, Tray, Trayvon Perrin, and, you know, these people getting shot and killed is affecting me. It's affecting how I, I perceive and see things in the world. So, you know, you just need to deal with the reality of that. But right. had I not done that, had I not done that, I would not have had any kind of backdrop to deal with what I was processing. I had to literally create my own processing. Yes. that is, You said, how do we deal with that, right? How do we right. go about that? Um, I feel like step one is to realize, is to learn how to be vulnerable, right? That's step one, all right? And then two is realizing what's going on and to realize that it's a problem, right? Um, okay. You know, me and Dave are pretty close now and, and you know, the other guys, right? And so we talk about things. We put things on the table, right? Because we know that's going to help us, right? And, and sharing our stories with each other, it helps us gain a better understanding and it helps us heal from it, right? Um, I feel like um, it's a stigma in, in America that black men have to be, you know, stern and you know, hard and, um, you know, can have emotions, right? But um, I feel like uh, the, these emotions are very important, right? To talk about these things, you know, um, 
set aside time to talk about it to reflect on it, right? I know it's hard to reflect, but set aside time to, you know, focus on those things. Where do you go? Do you have any uh, spiritual place, emotional place, mm-hmm. cultural place that you go to to get that done? I mean, you know, by you being in uh, in VU, mm-hmm. uh, Byron, is there any place where a young black men can go and and say, "Look, I just came here to throw this water bottle against the wall and, <laughs> and run around this chair five times and then leave <laughs> and then leave"? I just need to do some venting. Is there places like like that? Yeah, I think, I mean, maybe not physically to do that, but I right. think there are places that, like, you know, mentally and, and socially do that. I think we try to hold space, and, and Dave knows we try to hold space with the male empowerment group, uh, you know, as much as possible just to get, but it's again, just to, to, to let some of that stuff out, right? Because one of the things that we're combating is the, the, the the need to be angry and in a space like valpo you need to be angry but when you know that walking around in that way produces fear in people that don't have a reason to be afraid of you but it produces fear and so you need a you need a place where you can be angry a place where you can let it let it go um, and that's what we try to provide. I think one of the, the, the greatest misdeeds is that we don't have a a space, a dedicated space where um, people can go, right? Like where where like no, you're de- like there's there there is somebody that's sitting there all the time that can feel those questions and, and, and feel that pain and and walk alongside people as they're having that pain, right? Like there's not a there's not, well, I mean, there's not a barbershop, but there's not also like, there's not like a dedicated person even on campus if that's all they do, right? Like right. where where that's what they get to think about. I think that's that's mm-hmm. hard. Um, yeah, I, I'm 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 one person. You one person, right? Like Richard Severe is one person, right? And we feel as many as as possible. I think um, sometimes we we do that to the detriment of even ourselves. Right, like so, um, how you know? Are there times where it's like, hey, like, Rich, I need to take you. Like, come on, we you need to go. We we need to get off campus so so you can do what you need to do so that you can go. You know, teach your class in a way that's effective. Right, like, you know, hey, I you know, some days you just need to feel those things. Um, you know. I think we don't have that. We don't have that sacred um, mm, space. Space. I, I, I know like- time is getting short, and I know, Nick, you said you, you might have to make some transition. I want to give you an opportunity to talk about what you would vision. What, what, you know, what, what would that space look like? How, you know, what do you want in that space? Okay. Yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad you asked because we're actually, we actually are trying to do things like that, right? And, you know, now that we're talking about it, it, it brings a better, a more, it shows that it's more important than we thought, right? Yeah. Um, you know, me and Dave, right? We've been talking about, you know, panels and discussions and, um, uh, you know, video calls, things like that, right? We can actually remedy this in multiple ways, right? And at this point in time, we can do, we can advertise Zoom calls. People can be transparent and, you know, put everything on the table. Um, we can do physical meetings, you know, in halls or in like reserved spaces for it, right? Um, 
even like if we find a way to communicate anonymously, you know, over an app or something, like any any one of them things can help, right? But it's the fact of the matter is planning it out and actually starting it, executing. That's the most important part. Um, so we're actually we actually are trying to do things like that. Okay. Well, that sounds like a step in the right direction. I mean, you know, um, I think it doesn't matter whether you faculty, staff, administrative, you know, you know, um, salary worker, whoever it might be. I think there needs to be some space, an environment, some kind of sacred space, as, uh, as Byron has said, where you can come in and say, shit. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, and then just lay it on out. I don't mean to be vulgar, but I'm just simply saying sometimes it's like that. You know, it gets to 100 percent where, you know, I, I talk to Byron sometimes about meetings and, you know, being, you know, interactions with people where you just, you know, you just need a moment. You know, you just need a, a, some time to 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 reset yourself or redo what needs to be done. If that is something that we could work on i think that would be a very positive thing toward our social and mental health you know mm -hmm. and, and just helping us navigate that and th these kinds of times day to day yeah. what do you all think about I, what nick said i mean us as african-american people in america i feel like we make with what we have um we make the best of what we have and when i when i say that i put it in a personal aspect in Valpo, we don't have that space, but I make sure I sit down with, with colored faculty and go in their office and talk to them and stuff like that. And I make that my space. Like when I go to Byron's office, um, I sit there and I talk to Byron. You know, I let him know how I'm feeling about being on Valpo's campus, um, what, what I got going on. It's just good to have somebody to talk to um, that's going through the same thing you're going you're going through. And um, so I and even when I talk to my friends on campus, like Nick said, we always sit down. And we don't even think about having these talks. We just have these talks, you know. We sit mm -hmm. down and say, hey, how you feeling? You know, what, what's going on? We know this happened. You know, how you feeling? What's, you know, we always make sure to check in with each other because we know that mental aspect is very important because if you want to succeed in life, you have to be mentally ready for all that goes on. And we make sure that our brothers is mentally ready. That's a very positive way to approach that concern and i think that's something we need to be concerned about with all our brothers as byron said we it doesn't have anything to do with you know how a brother's trying to negotiate his survival it has to do with are you okay you know are things mm -hmm. things working for you and if it's not working for you what can we do to help you know uh i think is a positive i think that's positive for us and positive for the person that's needing that particular support at that particular time it's, it's a positive for us in terms of being able to have somebody that we can reach out to and say, look, we're going to hold on to each other then. I mean, you know, however that might be. Um, Byron, how, how would you see that taking shape in the future? I think all the things they said are spot on, right? Like, so part of it is just, just doing the panels, right? Like, even like what we did, you know, over the summer, just holding space, right? Like, you got the email. Hey, we're just going we to hold space and just check in, right? Because sometimes we just need to check in. I think the, the other side of it is saying what do we need to be equipping ourselves with while we're checking in, right? Okay. Like we got to walk and chew gum in some ways. Um, and so what do we need to be equipping ourselves with, right? Um, give, me your, be equipping our give me your big three. <laughs> uh, well, I think 
for black men, I think uh, thing number one is if we need to be explicitly clear where we stand with the police and make sure that we have armed ourselves with the uh, intentional data to situate our decision making on how um, we stand with the police, right? And so that it's not coming from some type of personal uh, vendetta. It's coming from a place where we have, here's the data, y'all. Here's the Here's 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 the true data of what we're, what we're dealing with, and 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 I think informing that is important because we need to set clear protocol uh, for for what we need to do in I think three key situations. Um, what we need to do when we are encountering uh, the police, what we need to do when we see another brother or sister encountering the police. And what we need to do in terms when situations like what happened earlier this week happen, so that we are we are equipped to respond to those, and we already know the protocols of our response, um, so that it's not 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 coming late. And then I think the final thing that we got to do um, in those things, I think we have to prepare ourselves economically to um, remove ourselves from. Uh, a community that is consistently demonstrating a lack of care, a lack of concern, and a lack of of, of wanting to be in community with us. Right? We need to. I think we need to remove ourselves. Like I, I think we need to take what's ours and and, and go. Um, we don't we don't need to be around uh, those folks that that are gonna make us think less of ourselves. Right? I. I, I don't need to fight to tell you that I'm human. I'm going to be human, right? I'm 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 going to be human. So the question you have to decide is, you know, how much of an animal you're going to act in your attempt to dehumanize me. When you say go, are you talking about country go, global community go, go as far as you need to go? I, I, as far as you can and as far as you need to. I think I think it's a both end, right? Like so I think okay. uh for for some it's just like we just need to be in a more concentrated community, right? Like what is it what does it look for us to be in spaces where we can uh shift and control the voting uh aspects of those of those spaces? What can we do when we can uh control the um local municipalities in certain areas, right? So yeah, like we need chocolate cities, right? Chocolate parts of the city. Yeah, that's I, we need that, but I think we also need to think globally, right? Sometimes we need to we need to be serious about whether we have the skills to stay and the want to stay in in this country. Now, I you know I said this a lot of times before, right? Um, I, I'll leave, but not without my check. Now we got some folks that are worked it too hard for me to leave my money over here that they put aside for me in terms of the hopes, dreams, and wishes and the blood, sweat, and tears that they didn't put work in. But I think we need to think clearly about what is it maybe our answers to some of these problems is a unity with a global community that shares okay. the same identity as us, right? Okay. What happens when our, we don't have numbers? Okay, what happens when our Ghanaian brothers and sisters and our Nigerian brothers and sisters and our Kenyan yeah. brothers and sisters say, Oh, y'all need some help over there? We're on our way. Okay, young men, what's your big three? 
What do we need to do? Um, one, educate. Easy, educate, right? Two, research, right? Educate, I mean, formally, right? And then research, I mean, stay in tune with everything that's going on, right? You know, look at the past, right? Look in, look in history. You know, be equipped to face any conversation at any point in time, right? And um, three, um, uh, security. I feel like uh, we talked about it earlier. We talked about you know the synagogue sales, and but it, it's maybe it's more than that though. When you say security, we mean like financial security too. We mean emotional security, right? So uh, I feel like those are the big three right there. You know, uh, there could be more, but those are the three that we need in order to you know become one and become stronger as a people, right? Especially right now. Uh, Dave. You just you just said my my three, but, <laughs> but I'm gonna say I'm gonna change I'm gonna change the last one to knowing our worth, knowing our knowing our worth. Um, that that's really important to me. I feel like we we built this country, you know, and and this country would not be where it is right now without us. So just knowing our worth in in America and knowing our worth in the world, period, just just would change the whole dynamic of everything that's going on. Yeah, you know, mine would be unity, cooperative education, and cooperative economics. You know, how we work together, and then how do we work together economically, and how we work together educationally, you know, to get it done. I also, the, my, my fourth would be, and I know Byron's going to smile at this, my fourth would be, I would echo security. Yeah, you got you got to protect your borders. You know, you got to be able to, you know, have integrity inside you know, your community so that you can call order, you know, without necessarily, I, I love that uh, piece, Byron, about not inviting people in, but being able to handle, you know, whatever it is that you need to be handled on your own, you know, that, mm -hmm. you know, you, you always have the control of when people can come in, you know, and do what they need to do, especially if those individuals are strapped. If they, you know, if they carry a gun, then there, there, mm -hmm. there ought to be some conversation about how they come into the community if they're carrying a gun, you know. Right. Yeah. But you got to control your community. You know, you got to have, you know, you got to have a serious, serious, unified group of people in order for that to get that done. All right, we got. I think we got a couple of minutes, Byron. How much? How much time yeah, do we have? Two minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I gotta uh, go. Um, you know, I appreciate the talk. You know, uh, it's very educational. Um, my name is Nick, so I'll be seeing you guys again. Have a good day. All right. We're going to ask you to do some digital stuff. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we've got a, a couple of minutes. I'm going to give you each a, a minute to give your last word on this provocative subject, subject that's still alive and moving and dynamic in our community, in the African-American community. Last word uh, of, of vision and hope. For black men today who are facing the reality of brutality and, and, and the kinds of things that are going on in our country, in our society. What do you have to say to them? Dave? Go for it, little brother. Man, I, don't know. I, I know it's hard. Um, we've been fighting for this for I don't know how long. You know, my grandparents, my, my parents, even before that. But I just want to just stay focused. Stay focused. I know I'm staying focused. I'm not going to stop. 
I know what my pe I know my people's worth. I know our worth, and and I'm not gonna stop. And that even if that's on Valpo campus, and that if that's a, I'm back in the city or wherever I'm at, I'm never gonna stop. And I'm always gonna be black, proud that I'm black. All right, Doctor Martin, last word. <laughs> I think in a time like this, it's incredibly hard to be hopeful, right? To have hope as the central um, guys of our of our minds is incredibly hard. And I just want to remind uh, uh, black men and, and women too, right? Our sisters been out there fighting too and getting melee too, and sometimes we forget about them. Right. Um, but the greatest form of at least the most basic and important form of revolution that we can't have in this space is to remain alive. Like everything, everything in this in this country from our onset of being here was meant to destroy our humanity, whether mentally, socially, physically, spiritually, it was meant to destroy our our humanity. And so I think one of the things that we have to do is maintain our humanity, maintain our, our humanness and continue to push forward in spite of what comes at us. Um, and if we can keep pushing forward, somehow, some way, we're going to find a way to push back. All right, you heard it here. I'd say to both of you and all black men, stay strong. Keep the spirit at your center. Recognize that you're greater than you know. And we're going to get it done because greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. God is good. Know that I love you. Know that you are loved. Until next time, Morning Black.